Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. And all the time. God is good. All the time. And God is good. Can you put your hands together and bless the name of the Lord? Hallelujah. Bow down your heads and let us pray, please. Father, we are thankful to you this morning. We are so delighted that we can come again into your presence. And we will never stop thanking you for this honor and privilege. It means the world to us that we have the freedom and the liberty to gather in your name, to sit under your feet, and to hear you speak into our lives. This morning we pray, let your Holy Spirit help us as usual. We need him. We always need him. We need him as the one who has come to aid us and to help us. And we know that this morning, as we've gathered in your name, he is right here in the midst of us, ready to help us. Holy Spirit, help us and help our infirmities. May nothing stop your word from breaking through and having maximum impact on our lives. I pray for everyone here. I pray for everyone watching. Those who are watching live, those who will watch later on, let everyone, oh God, see your glory and receive your touch and receive knowledge, instruction, and wisdom that will direct our path. I thank you, Father, for what you will do amongst us today. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say aloud, Amen. Amen. Can you put your hands together for the Lord? God bless you and you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We are reading verse 1 to 5. And we are reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. I read. Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation? Or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Now in those days, 
it got to a point where if you are a minister of the gospel if you're moving from one area to another area you need a letter of recommendation from where you are coming and if you're leaving where you got to to another place you also need a letter of recommendation from then to your next stage and so this is what Paul was talking about it continues and says surely not the only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not with pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not on tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all this. Because, because of our great trust in God through Christ. I want you to read verse 5 with me. Read it very loudly. Disturb everybody else apart from yourself. Can we take it together? Ready? Go. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. Hallelujah. Amen. Our qualification comes from who? Say it one more time. Our qualification comes from who? Hallelujah. Amen. And this morning, I'm going to share with you a message that I have simply titled Qualified. Qualified. Hallelujah. Now, throughout the Apostle Paul's years of ministry, there were other ministers who were envious of what he had achieved. And they did everything that they could to cast doubts on his ministry accomplishments. And that is why Paul could, for example, say about some of them in Philippians chapter 1 verse 15 to 17. Philippians 1 to 17, good news translation. Now, this is what he says about some of these ministers. He says, of course, some of them preach Christ because they are jealous and quarrelsome. Pastors must not be jealous of one another. And pastors must also not quarrel. Pastors must not do what? You let me leave it here. 
but others from genuine goodwill. These do so from love. Because they know that God has given me the work of defending the gospel. The others do not proclaim Christ sincerely. But from a spirit of selfish ambition. They think that they will make more trouble for me. While I am in prison. It's a wonderful scripture. So Paul is explaining here. That there are some people who are preaching the gospel. Who are doing the work of the ministry. Because they want to spite me. They want to create trouble for me. They're trying to do this to create an impression that what I am doing is not of God. Now, in the first scripture that we read, that is in 2 Corinthians 3, 1-5, to Paul begins to point out to the believers there that nobody can downplay the impact of his work and the work of his team. That is among the believers in Corinth. That the work that he and his team have done there, it is obvious for everybody to see. Then he explains to them that unlike other ministers, he doesn't need any letter of recommendation. That his letter of recommendation is not one that is written on tablets or written with pen and ink. He points out to them that they themselves, the believers in Corinth, are his letter of recommendation. Because people only have to take a look at them, the believers in Corinth. Look at the quality of their lives. Look at how their lives have changed. And that is evidence of the great work that he, Paul, and his team have done in Corinth. After saying all these things, he ends with this statement. He says our qualification comes from God. In other words, it is God who has qualified us to do what we do. We are not qualified of ourselves. And our qualification does not come from any human being. Our qualification comes from God. And so by this statement, he's saying that I am qualified. I am what? And who has qualified me? God has qualified me. Now, what does it mean to be qualified? When we say you are qualified, it means you have what it takes. 
It means that you have been fitted or made competent for something. So that is when we say you are qualified. When we say you are qualified, it also means that you have the authority, the license, or the power to function or operate. Because you have fulfilled certain required conditions. So, for example, if you go to a teacher training college, how many years do they spend in teacher training college? Three years. Now, four years. Yeah, you should know. They spend four years in teacher training college. And during that four-year period, they go through a lot of training and preparation. At the end of it, they write their exams. And once they pass those exams, they are issued with a certificate of qualification. And that is what testifies that they have actually completed their training and they have qualified. It means that they have what it takes to become teachers. To become professional teachers. There are a lot of people who teach today. But strictly speaking, they are not professional teachers. Because they didn't go through a certain required training. May the person who teaches your children be qualified. Amen. I guess Elvis used to be a teacher. And I know that he was not qualified to be a teacher. You know, he was a people teacher. I mean, it doesn't work that way all the time. Sometimes you can have people who are very good teachers because they are gifted in that area. And amazingly, there are also some teachers, although they have their qualification, they don't know things. Hey, one translating. No, 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 sit down. So he's a qualified teacher. I can't bring it so. Look, I got him to teach my children tea. <laughs> and I think they didn't do badly. Is that not so? Yeah, they passed very well. So don't bring yourself. If you're looking for somebody to join you, you have failed. He, he also taught, you see. He taught where? He taught at Holy Child in Zenu. There's a school called Holy Child. You know, but this one is a good French teacher. He wasn't teaching French. What was he teaching? <laughs> so that's what it means to be qualified. Now, I want you to hear me this morning. I have told you many times before. And I'm very convinced in my heart that it is true. That after God saves us, He has a plan to use us and to accomplish great things with us. When God saves us, 
Okay, because you are distracted, instead of watching me, you are watching people who are sitting down. You finish watching. When you finish, tell me, then I'll continue. Are you finished? Your eyes are okay now. Well, come at all, yeah. I should wait one more minute. I can go on. All right. So I said something that I know you didn't hear because you were watching what you were not supposed to watch. So I'll say it again. I am convinced that when God saves us, his plan and his intention is to use us to accomplish great things in his house and in his service. I believe that. But unfortunately, for many Christians, this doesn't happen because many believers feel that they do not qualify for God to use them to do anything. And so there are many Christians, many children of God, who are functioning at the lower level than they should. Because they don't think they are qualified to do anything for God. Or to do anything in the service of God. Because, you see, many of us, we battle with feelings of self-doubt. Feelings of insecurity. And feelings of unworthiness. So people say of themselves, I am not worthy. I am not worthy. So there's a, a hymn like that. I am not worthy, holy Lord, that thou shouldst come to me, to me. Speak by the word, one gracious word. Concert the sin of free. It's a beautiful hymn. And the hymn writer, he wrote this hymn. He had something in mind. And he was talking about the fact that as a sinner, he doesn't feel worthy to receive that gracious gift of God called salvation. You remember the story of the centurion who said to Jesus that you are not, I am not worthy for you to come to my house. In other words, I don't, I don't think I have what it takes for you, a whole you, to come to my house. And for some of us, this is our song. And this is our message. 
that I'm not worthy. I don't feel qualified. Now, there are many believers who battle with their failures and their mistakes. And what happens is that we get so fixated on our failures. We get so fixated on our mistakes. So much so that we don't allow God to do what he wants to do with us. And we don't allow him to do what he wants to do through us. We feel so unqualified. And the people around us also make us feel unqualified. And so there are times when you are trying to do your best for the Lord. But somebody can pass a comment about what you are doing. You won't even feel like doing it anymore. How many can understand what I'm talking about? Yes. I see somebody has raised their hand up very high. But I won't tell your story. Because I don't want no trouble. But there are times when the people around you make you feel that you don't have what it takes. That there is everything wrong with you. That you are not called. They would even ask you that who called you? When did he call you? How did he call you? Who was there when he called you? Produce your witness that you have been called. There are times people will look at you and feel that you have too many problems. You have too many issues. God is not interested in somebody like you. Sit your somewhere and think about yourself. Because God is not likely to use anybody like you. So you now, you don't feel qualified already. And the people around you are also emphasizing it, that you are not qualified. And so because of that, there are many Christians, many believers, many children of God who are not where God wants them to be, who are not doing what God wants them to do who are not allowing God to work through them to accomplish greater things than they ever imagined, than they ever thought for themselves. You know, I read a story about a pastor. He was a pastor of quite a big church. And one Sunday morning, he was getting ready to go to church. And he came across a video on YouTube. In that video, they were interviewing another pastor whom he knew. Now, this pastor they were interviewing, he really admired him. And he was somebody who had done very well in the ministry. So as he was preparing and getting ready to go to church, he was watching that video. Not 100%. You know sometimes you are watching something and then you turn away and do So that's, that's exactly what he was doing. 
But then he froze at a point. Because he had his name. He had the interviewer asking this pastor about him. And the interviewer was asking this pastor that he was interviewing that what does he think about this other pastor who was listening and watching the video. Now this pastor who was preparing to go to church and was watching the video, he was flattered that they even knew him. That this great pastor who was being interviewed even knew his name. And so in excitement, he was waiting to hear what this pastor who was being interviewed was going to say about him. What this pastor said in answer to the question, he sighed. He said, hmm. Said this pastor, he is unqualified. That's what he said. If he just made one statement, unqualified. Four syllable, unqualified. Imagine that you are in your room. You are a pastor. You have a significantly large church. And somebody is sitting somewhere. His assessment of you and his opinion of you and of you. Now you can imagine how he felt. And for a long time that thing stayed with him. And it haunted him for a very long time. Until he got to a point and started. And he convinced himself that my of men. My endorsement is not from a human being. My qualification. What I am doing. The grace and the ability that I have to do what I am doing. It doesn't come from any man. It comes from God. He had to stabilize himself. And it was only after he did that. That he was able to press on. May I declare to you today. Jesus. That may nobody's opinion define your life and your ministry from this day on. Amen. Can I hear your loudest amen? Amen. May God grant you the grace, the humility, and the faith to operate beyond what people think about you. Amen. And may your qualification not be of men, but may it be of God Himself. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Shout, I hear you. I hear you. Let me show you a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'm sharing a message with you. The title again is Qualified. 1 Corinthians 1 26 to 29, New Living Translation. This is a very interesting passage of scripture. And this is what the word of God says. It says, remember dear brothers and sisters. That few of you were wise in the world's eyes. 
powerful or when God called you instead God chose things in the world God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise and he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world. Things counted as nothing at all. And used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, this passage of scripture is describing people who God calls. And the people who God usually uses. And it says very clearly here that often God uses people who the world does not consider as wise. God uses people whom the system of the world does not consider as powerful. God uses people who are not wealthy. But according to his own wisdom and his own purposes, he chooses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He chooses the weak things of this world to confound those who are powerful. He chooses things and people who are despised to accomplish his purpose. In other words, God takes people like that. People who are not so bright. People who are not so intelligent. People who are not so smart. People who don't have certain grades. He chooses people like that. People who seem to be very weak. People who seem to have a lot of struggles. People who have a lot of challenges. People who don't have much. People who don't have money. They may not have a house. They may not have a car. They may not have a fat bank account. People who are often despised. These are the people whom God often chooses. And he uses them to accomplish his purpose. And the reason why he does that is because God knows that such people if he chooses them and if he uses them at the end of the day the glory will come to God and the glory will not go to any man. Write these two statements down. God specializes in using unqualified people. 
God specializes in using unqualified people. Statement number two. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. God doesn't call the qualified. But he qualifies the call. This is the summary of the scripture I just read to you from 1 Corinthians 1 26 to 29. That God specializes in using unqualified people. People that others look upon and feel that nothing great can come out of them. You see, in this world, and according to the system of this world, people will look at you who you are presently, what is going on in your life currently, and they will look at your achievements and your accomplishments, and they use that to judge you and to assess you and to determine whether you are qualified. But it is not so. God. God specializes in calling unqualified people. And he takes them. Now what found? And he works on them. And as he's using them, he's working on them. He's straightening them. He is making their lives beautiful and glorious. He's smoothening the rough edges. And by the time he's finished with them, although they were not qualified when he called them, by the time he finishes with them, he has already qualified them. So that the glory will go to the Lord. And the glory will not go to anyone. I came to tell somebody here today. For too long you have limited yourself. You have looked at yourself. You've been confined and limited by your challenges. Your issues. Your problems. Your failures. Your mistakes. And the devil has reminded you constantly that there is no way anything good can come out of you. He whispers things into your head and into your mind. And you tell yourself that God will not like somebody like me. That God is not interested in somebody like me. That I want to straighten things up by myself. But the funny thing about that is you can't straighten yourself It is God who can straighten you And amazingly, he takes you just as you are. And he begins to work something. He doesn't wait for you to become a shining diamond before he begins to use you and before he begins to work with you. But in that uncut state, in that rough state, he picks you up and he begins to polish you. As he's using you, he's polishing you, he's shining you. When diamond is uncut, it doesn't look attractive. It doesn't look beautiful. It may even look like any ordinary black stone. 
like chippings. The chippings that we use to do construction work. Uncut diamonds may look as ordinary as ordinary chippings. But when the diamond cutter picks that uncut diamond and begins to cut it and cut it and shine it and polish it, it takes a bit of time. But as he's working on it, soon you will begin to see something is beginning to shine. Something is beginning to shine. That thing that looks so unattractive is beginning to shine. It's beginning to shine. And now there's a brilliant light that is coming out of it. So brilliant is that light that the longer you stare into it, the likelihood that it will begin to blind you. But initially it was not like that. But when it was given time, in the hands of the master craftsman, God himself, the creator of the universe, the one who takes nothings and makes something out of them, the one who takes nobodies and makes somebodies out of them, if you give him time, and you release yourself for him. And you hand yourself over to now him. And you tell him, God, I have a lot of issues. I have a lot of challenges. I have a lot of problems. I wish I was better than I was. But I know that if you can do anything, you can use somebody like me. And you can work through somebody like me. And you can do amazing things through somebody like me. And so I yield myself to I surrender myself to I humble myself before I have faith in you I rely on your grace oh God. and I know that as I yield myself to you will take me and you will use me and you will make my life beautiful and you will glorify yourself my that will be the story of your life I said that will be the story of your life I said that will be the story of your life in the name of Jesus God has laid this word on my heart. <laughs> I'm not preaching about myself per se. But a lot of the things that I'm saying apply to me. But I'm preaching this message because God wants me to tell you this. That as you sit here today watching me listening to me you are functioning at the far, 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 far lower level than the level God wants you to function. And when God sees you, and when God looks at you, he sees something greater than what the world sees. Because human beings are limited. We are, we, we are limited and constrained by what is obvious to us. By what we see now. By what our eyes are telling us. And so you look at somebody. 
and you look at where the person is today. And because that is what is obvious to you, you draw conclusions about people. And you write them off. And you say that this guy, nothing good can come out of Unfortunately, our education system is like that. How are our children assessed in school? They should go and write an exam. JHS exam. JHS. BEC, that's BEC. what they call it. And then WASI. And it's like the results from these exams are what people used to define you. That if you don't get seven ones, if you don't get six A's, if you don't get a certain grade, it means that nothing great can come out. And we have used this system to put people down and under. So that's what we use to define people. But I want to tell you today that some of the greatest people you find in this world, they don't have the grades to show for <laughs> Like Bill Gates and Co. Bill Gates, some of the richest, most powerful people in this world. If they show you their exam results, you will say, "Boy, you say, boy, you say, you say that your head is not good." But you see, these people did not allow grades formal education or the lack of it to define their lives they decide I'm not going to allow anybody to keep me in a box I won't allow it I won't allow it Yes, I know that I have challenges. And some of us, the challenges we have, it is not your fault. It's the family into which we are. Some of us, that's what it is. It's not. You, you did not determine which family you should be. When you came to your senses, you were in the family. It's, it's a family that doesn't believe in education. When you finish JHS training, your father said to you, I have a tomato farm, cocoa farm. I need help. If you have gone to school small, it's okay. Let's allow your little brothers to also go small. So for everybody in that family, it's like your path has already been defined by your father. If the grace of God doesn't locate you, and the mercies of God do not find you, you will live a life that has been carved out and defined by somebody else for you. And it will be a life far lower than the potential that God sees. And it's not your fault. 
which is why God has laid this message on my heart that I am looking at you and staring at you not with the eyes of the world not with this worldly system not with a system that is limited in what it can see in how it defines but I'm looking at you with another type of lens I'm looking at you like the way God will look at you and he sees you with all your challenges with all your issues with all your limitations he sees you and he says, I like. I like. The world doesn't like. But I got. I like. I know that I can take this thing. That looks so unattractive. That has so many issues. That has so many problems. Despised and rejected. I can take this. And then I God. Who calls the things which be not as though they were. I can take you. And use you. And polish you. And make your life. I came to announce to somebody. Today that in the eyes of the world. You are unqualified. But in the sight of God, you are qualified. From today, do not let your mistakes and your failures limit you. Anymore. Rather, allow God to take you and use you as He wills. And as He pleases. And I declare to you today that as He does that, your life will begin to shine. Your life will become a dazzling life. Your life will become a type of life that many will look at and ask, where did you come from? Where did you arise from? We have never heard of you before. We have never seen anything so great in relation to you before. But the reason is that the Almighty God, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the creator of all that is seen, and he saw you, he loved you. And he's choosing and the way you are. And his intention is to do great things by you and through May God use you mightily in the mighty name. I will continue next week. Rise to Make that your prayer unto the Lord. Tell him right now. Mina 
stretch up my hands. I stretch up my hands. I touch you now. Come on and touch the Lord. I'm 
Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.